0: Hey everybody! Welcome back to the College Football Uncensored podcast, brought to you by Saturday Down South. I'm your host Tyler Huck, and with me, as always, Chris Marler. Chris, crazy National Signing Day today!
1: Absolutely no, off. I cut my off. own hair. That's why. Looks good. What? Look at it. look at us progress throughout the season. Yeah, looks great. Um, it was a crazy National Signing Day. I don't. How how are you?
0: I'm good, Chris. How are you? <laughs>
1: i'm good said, <laughs> there was you had like my favorite tweet of the day maybe and there were some good ones out there today um uh, if you like if you guys don't know what we're talking about uh national signing day we we're recording this on wednesday early national signing day is here um and it was probably in my opinion the craziest national signing day i've ever fucking seen it, like yeah and, and honestly it's not like when i say that i think of some of the past ones where you've seen, like the side, remember the Cyrus Quandro thing? This maybe just because I'm a Bama fan, but
0: Cyrus. Uh, no, I may remember the player, but I don't remember what happened.
1: He was like the number three player in the country in ESPN. He's a five star. His brother already played at Bama, and he was, it was between Bama and Auburn. And it's right after the 2010 season, and he committed to Auburn on live TV. And then, and then you started hearing that he wasn't going to go to Auburn. And then, like, I mean, just I'm thinking of some of these stories, and a lot of them probably like. I don't know if it's the nature of how fucked up this rivalry is, but a lot of them seem to be from Bama and Auburn, like Reuben Foster. I'll never forget reading <laughs> when he decommitted from Bama. And then he announced he was going to Auburn. And, and first off, he was a senior in high school. And he announced, I remember reading this and it said, Reuben made the announcement by presenting his four-year-old daughter in an Auburn cheerleader uniform. And I was like, hold on, I'm not great at math, but he's a senior in high school. He has a four-year-old daughter. And I'm just like trying to figure. And then he gets an Auburn tattoo and ends up playing at Bama for four years. And like, there's just been some crazy things. And there's been years. That there's been multiple of them. Today was dominated by one story that affected you.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll just give a little backstory. We, we can talk a lot about this because it's 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 a, it's yeah. a, it's a <laughs> very layered conversation. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Travis Hunter committed to Florida State in March of 2020, so right before the pandemic hit, before it got really crazy with right. recruiting and how coaches couldn't go on, everything had to go to Zoom, and has been literally the best recruit you could ever ask for. He's put together. a Who is Travis class. Hunter, by the way? In case people don't he's know, he's the number he's the number one player right. in the 2022 class, and he plays both ways. He's from Georgia. So he, he plays Mountain receiver. Zero. Yep. Collins Hill uh, here in uh, near Atlanta. And, uh, he's, they said that he's, if he was just a receiver, he'd be the number one receiver. And if he was just Mm -hmm. a corner, he'd be the number one corner. Right. And, you know, look, Florida state got lucky to get him in my opinion, based on where our program's at right now, because he was a diehard Florida state fan. Yeah. Diehard. He grew up in, even though he went to high school in Georgia, he grew up in Florida, huge Florida state fan. And, um, you know, take it uh, now that I take it, I think his favorite player at Florida State was probably Deion Sanders, if I had to guess.
1: You know what's um, weird too is to think about Tyler, when you said he grew up as a Florida State fan, I'm sitting here thinking, like, yeah, he probably grew up like like, you know, those teams in the nineties and that dominance. Uh, no, he was ten James years James old. Team. He was ten years old during the Jameis team. That's yeah. God, fuck we're old. <laughs> yeah.
0: So um, You know, this whole time, like, and, you know, uh, Georgia fans are like, we're going to flip him. we're going to flip him." you know, your program's garbage, she's never going to stick. And I was like, no, he's sticking. Like, he is as solid as solid gets. Then he starts showing up to games at Georgia during the year, and I'm like, "Yeah, that's kind of weird. But he never took an official. He just, he lives down the road. He took a couple visits, but I was a little nervous. But I was like, it's, everything points to him sticking with Florida State. And it was, he was the guy that was going to help
1: turn our program around. Well, and you have to be nervous too. The fact that like where, where as a program, Florida state felt like it was kind of tr- like, I would say trending down at times. Right. Yeah. Um, and, and you've almost been in this, like, I'm not trying to be a dick. Like it's almost been in this like free fall since, yeah. since Jimbo's last year where you are, you have a very awful last year. He, and he kind of does the same thing, tells you he's staying and how ridiculous it is that like these rumors leaves I mean, I, I forgot that Willie Taggart was there the other day. Like, he <laughs> like Willie Taggart was a real coach there. And now you have Norvell. But at the end of the season, there were so many positive things going on at Florida State. Yeah. That it felt like, and with this, things were trending back up. And this is to yep. say they're not because of one kid. But anyway, go on.
0: Yeah, well, um, yeah. So anyways, we go into National Signing Day last night. And I'm kind of perusing around a couple of Florida State podcasts I listen to, the message boards, and everyone's like, you know, we're feeling good for this kid, this kid. No no worries with Georgia and Hunter, like, at all. Like, we're locked in. Wake up this morning.
1: Well, hold on, hold on, hold on. All right. Dion.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm getting there. Okay, okay I'm getting go up. So, wake up this morning, and things are amiss. Um, we were expected to land this four star slash five star d tackle from georgia uh he's committed to georgia it was known that he was probably gonna go somewhere else and last second he chooses tennessee and i'm like we were like definitely thinking he was gonna commit yeah then this guy that also was a four star o tackle decided to hold off till february okay and i was like why is everybody suddenly bailing on us like everyone was feeling good then there's some scuttlebutt Travis Hunter was supposed to, you know, send his NL- NLI in at seven a.m. this morning, and it's it's ten o'clock, and nobody's heard from him. Right, his high school coaches, Florida State coaches, no what? one's heard from
1: him. His high school coaches have heard from him because he was at school.
0: No, they hadn't heard from him in the morning.
1: Oh, they were calling him. This this Get story school? actually came out later. Come oh, on, man.
0: And um, you know, I'm watching. <laughs> I got this. I'm at work, but I've got this like live YouTube feed of the of uh, like the like the FSU 247 site. they all yeah. the guys are talking, and they're like, "My Georgia sources are very confident he's not going there, but Florida State still hasn't heard from him, so we don't know what's going on." And then all of a sudden, the Everyone Steve Wilfong guy, yeah, he's like, "We hear that Jackson State is now like heavily trending for him," and I was like, "What the?" So I remember seeing videos of him on their campus in like October and I thought nothing of it. I was like, you know what? He probably just wanted to go meet Dion. It's his favorite player. Like I just never thought anything of it. Didn't really put together that like
1: the whole barstool thing at all. And so he we ends up talk about the barstool thing though. Cause, yeah. Cause like, yeah. He's, so, cause Dion so kind of called a shot.
0: Yeah. So he ends up, he, he wakes up this morning. He tweets, I'm going to make history today. And I was like, that does not seem like, yeah. today does not seem historical if you're going to Florida State. And um, he ends up flipping to Jackson State. And um, look, I mean, the, the backstory is crazy. I'm pretty sure that he's known for a while that he was going to go to Jackson State. I think this was a big ploy that they put together when he was on that trip.
1: Deion Sanders said yesterday on, on whatever podcast... Yeah, with Barstool, he said like it it was like it was almost like it seemed like it was an afterthought like he was just like adding in something. And he's like tomorrow Jackson State will make history. He's like it will be the biggest we will be the biggest story of the day in like in the country. And I was like, okay that's fucking that's too much like like yeah. like, like i assume, like, the like classic maybe Deion. he'll get a yeah the classic dion maybe he'll get a guy in the transfer portal like because they had they had a couple of four star former four stars that that an sec players that went there and yeah. it and that's kind of cool but but they were none mostly of us cast, saw this off coming.
0: The, cast offs, of those guys I mean, they're four stars but like right Yeah, they weren't cutting course. it at their schools you know <laughs> well um are you kidding or serious like the guys that he got on jackson state
1: before well, yeah this. okay okay so, so i didn't know if you were doing just what all all fans do on like national sign day which is like we didn't want those guys
0: oh no no no, no, no. <laughs> like the guys that transferred into jackson state from like these power five schools they're mm. guys that like weren't hacking it right like, right this is the first time where it's like holy shit and so anyways not everything school. right right and so you know he ends up flipping and everyone kind of was like, holy shit. And then there's a tweet that comes out that basically was like Penn National that owns Barstool has a multi-million dollar deal for this kid. That's like includes like a reality show and like all this stuff. And they kept kept it quiet for months, in my opinion. I don't know that to be yeah. fact, but there's no way they didn't because there was a lot of planning. Apparently there was Barstool cameras there like for the event this morning. Um
1: bad year for commitment. I'll i I'll just be honest. Yeah, you know, yeah, I don't want to be personal on here, but it's and, been a bad year.
0: And look, I mean, obviously at first, like the the first thing I was like super, super angry. And I was like, How how does this happen? You know? Yeah. And then, you know, you go through the stages of grief, you're like, All right, whatever, like I'm not even angry anymore. Like I can't you be mad at a kid who, who gets offered, you know, allegedly, we'll find out what happens, multi millions to Ooh. go to a school at eighteen. Yeah. Um. Even though you know Dion's a Florida State alum, it's like he works for Jackson State. If you have the mm-hmm. chance to make a
1: splash like that, you go for it, right? Um. You you hold on. You don't think it was anything about giving kind of a like a fuck you to FSU for not hiring him as the head coach? Because I'll tell you, I'll tell you what. Tyler, I mean. When, I, when I started paying attention yeah, to maybe. this, it was it was like twelve fifteen. Okay, I I yeah. I got up. Like I tell you, what time? Um. But I was at Dunkin' Donuts, just having, just enjoying a nice, casual three sausage biscuit breakfast. Okay, those things are phenomenal. I know they're frozen, but it's like the best sausage biscuit I ever had in my life. It was very embarrassing. I ate that in public, but still, um, you know, I posted about losing weight yesterday. I had to put it all back on. That being said, I, I just sat here and, and like I caught the, this like like literally. It felt like I was catching a wave because I, as soon as I started paying attention to all the shit that was going on. This is when this is when the the, the news broke and I, I was in the middle of Dunkin Donuts and I went, are you fucking kidding me? Like out loud and and like ended up getting a free donut because they thought something was wrong with this, it, whatever. Um, but I was like sitting there and I was like, this is fucking crazy because it like like there's so many things that happen on signing day. You see kids take off a hat, put on a hat, take it off. You've seen kids mm-hmm. rip off a shirt. Fuck, man. You remember that white kid from Arizona who lied about even having a fucking offer from, like, two places? He's like, I'm going to Oregon. They're like, you don't have an offer from here, dude. Like, it, it, there was, there's been some it's crazy stories. On, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's been some crazy stories. But, like, fuck, man. Like, like going to Jackson's at HBCU. Yep. There, there were 6,000 people in a Twitter space called Fire Mike Norvell.
0: Yep, yeah, including like all the Barstool employees um, really? that were in there yeah. kind of like talking shit. Um, That's so stupid. So for those that don't know, Dion is actually an employee of Barstool as well as being right. a coach. He took a job there working for them after he was, he I think he was fired from the NFL Network or or, or left. Started working at Barstool and was like, in like their New York offices, like recording shit with them. And then he then he took the coaching job, but he's still an employee there. He still has a podcast with them and all that kind of yeah, stuff.
1: Yeah, that weird, right? I mean... It is.
0: And it is this massive ploy. The pizza man himself, El Presidente, I guarantee you he was all for the... Like he was ready oh, to yeah. rile shit up. And basically they we'll see what ends up happening. There's going to be a lot that comes out about this over time. You
1: think there'll be legal stuff that happens out of this? Cause this is a thousand percent you're tampering for one. I don't know if it's, I don't, I don't know if it breaks any rules. I, no offense, man. I, I, yeah. I thought it was like, I mean, cause it's just a fucking crazy story and it's, yeah. it's funny. Like from, from the standpoint of strictly my job, which is to like pat the sec on the back and, and talk about how great the sec is. And, and it is in case they're listening. Um, so like the the low hanging fruit that is Florida State, they kind of made it funnier, you know what I mean? But at the same time,
0: it would have happened, I think, anywhere he was, honestly.
1: Oh, without a doubt. Yeah. But, but I'm saying like it's 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 weird in general that it's like okay, this guy definitely still has a job. Like if he was at Florida State, I don't yeah. feel like he'd be doing a podcast with Barstool. No, I, I would yeah, assume. And, and so, the, but he still has he's still working at Barstool. Bart, that you know damn well that Jackson State doesn't have boosters willing to shell out $2 million for a fucking player. And Absolutely not. Yeah. It, but Barstool is bigger than anything in like the world. Like it, it, yeah. it's amazing the like the level of like non cancelability, cancelability, like from yeah. like their stars. And that's not like a diss on them. It's just, it's just right. crazy how big they've become. They're, it's almost like a, you know, too big to fail situation because yeah. I've, I don't think I've ever seen any business, any entity own such a like a, a share of like everything like everything they fucking do works it's yep. incredible mm-hmm. except for their comfortable podcast which they're all nice people but ours is better i'll just say it.
0: yeah exactly um so you know a lot of people reaching out like damn what are your thoughts here
1: waiting for um, you to my, fucking crumble by the way
0: my mind is is blown first of all right um I, i'll tell you this man Obviously, there's a ton of people that aren't happy with Mike Norvell. Uh, some of it has to do with some of the other misses we had today. And right. people are really starting to realize that we just don't have our shit together when it comes to this NIL stuff. But right. I, I feel really bad for him today because I don't think this was avoidable. Yeah. Um, I don't think I, – I think he would have done this to Kirby, Nick Saban. I think he would have done it to anybody. Um,
1: that would have been an I awkward feel, commercial, I, huh? Yeah, he did the savings <laughs> right.
0: yeah uh I feel super bad for um honestly, his his main recruiter, who like they were like they had like a father--son relationship, apparently, he's never he, he never told him, and he hasn't heard from him since, according to sources, of course.
1: Um, yeah, that part is
0: like and I feel really bad for the other recruits in the class, yeah because a lot of those kids committed because of Travis honor. Especially one of his best friends that was a five star that never would have gotten the floor today, but he was there because Travis Hunter was going there. He was the first one to sign his NLI this morning, and then none of like the whole like recruit group chat—they've never they haven't heard from him since, and they haven't heard from him in a couple of days actually. It and sounds it's just like, like
1: so. It's almost like I just—I just kind I of reminds just, me of somebody, and I can't remember who it was or yeah, who Deion Sanders fiance- was. My that no, was my fiance, um, yeah. but yeah, like, <laughs> like I just this is crazy like okay we're not gonna shit on the kid and this is this is gonna be an awesome i'm like so pumped for this conversation because there's so many layers so like you said it's like you're not gonna shit on this kid but this is such a bad example of when you're when you're 18 and you're trying to learn how to be a man okay yep. the best advice i ever got from somebody about being a man um was a, a quote from Cher. Um, no, I'm kidding. It's, it was the, like the best advice. It was, it was honestly, it was this, it was this dad of this girl I had really pissed off, and he. Do I remember you
2: believe in life after love? <laughs> or if I could turn back to
1: town. That's fantastic. Um, But no, it was it was it was honestly from the dad of this girl that I had that I had really wronged, and this is like 2010, and I was like so fucking scared of having to deal with him because he was like this like. Well-to-do. He was. He was like, like I, I thought. I was like, this guy could probably beat me up for one. Also, he, I respected him so much, and I just knew I had done like the wrong thing, and it was like I felt like shit, right? And I avoided like any of his calls, and he showed up at Houston's, and I ducked behind the bar, and I remember him sending me this text afterwards, and he's like, Chris, I want to teach you something, and I was like, Oh, good, and he was like, Whatever the hardest thing you have to do, and like, like uh, each day do that first, address that first, and you'll be a better man for it. And I was like, fuck man, that's like such a good point. Cause it's like, you put off stuff like this that makes you worried of how other people are going to respond to what you've done. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And you you can call it cowardly. You can call it whatever you want. Like from this kid, he's only 18. Um, but it's, it's like a tough start to manhood. I feel like with (laughs) some of these,
0: so I I, I want to preface anything by saying I don't blame the kid for taking right. what he was offered. It, that's, yeah, j- that's money that you don't you may never have a chance to come across, especially if you have like a career ending injury. You know, mm-hmm. like to lock yourself into something. I just I don't like the way that he did it. It's no, uh, and and this is coming from a Florida State fan to be honest. And right, but you were the building cla- block of this class and really of the rebuild for Norvell. Mm-hmm. And they put a lot of time and effort into him and he was recruiting for us and showed up to all a lot of our games and came to spring games and he was all in. And then at the last minute, without ever telling his soul, he backed out on the whole thing. Right. And it's just and then he, he, he had the audacity to throw the hat.
1: Yeah, I like, see, I'm never that offended by that.
0: <laughs> Some people get just, so fucking mad. I don't know, man. Like he he always talked about how he was a lifelong knoll, and he yeah. was so solid and that's fair. Even with all the Georgia rumors, he was like, nah man, hell no, I would never decommit. Yeah, you know, it's just like you the big money got right in his face and he couldn't say no, and I get it. Yeah. But man, it's just um well, it's, it's crazy.
1: Well, and let me let me clarify something I said earlier too about just how he's like it's a, a tough start to manhood. I, I just mean this kind of thing in general, like not Travis Hunter specifically, but I also like a part of this is because it's, it's not, I wouldn't, I'm not blaming this kid for anything, like not even how he handled it. it like it, it's, it's a learnable and teachable moment. Right. I mean, like as most things are when you're fucking 18 years old, I've joked about it today. I wanted to get a fucking Ryan Cabrera themed cross tattoo on my, my arm when I was fucking 18, that would have, can you imagine if I, how much, I would have got, if I, if I would have got that thing. Um, no, I, it's just like, you, you know, you're, you don't make the best decision sometimes you're 18. And at the same time, cause cause this is also an incredible start to manhood for this kid. If he's going to have $2 million, like on his, uh, in his bank yeah. account. But, but I almost wonder if, if him, not the way he went about it. I almost wonder if, if there's like, we've gone so far off base in recruiting that it's almost like the expected norm. Like it's just, you know, chalk it up to the game. Like it's just, yeah, it's fine. You don't have to, you know, you don't have to like respectfully tell this person you've had a relationship with two years and and built trust with, like, you know, I'm 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 not gonna go there.
0: Hey, this had Deion Sanders written all over it. Like, let's make this huge spectacle. I know yeah. I guarantee you they're like, We're not telling a soul about this. And they've been and so it's either it's either it happened last second, which I don't believe, no. and he just got so blinded by the money that he just made a, an irrational or rational, depending on how you look at it, decision. Right. And that sucks. Or you lied for months to everybody about being all in and all that just right. to have this moment, and that's real
1: shitty. Okay, so, but, but so that's know. what I'm saying too. Like, And like, let's play devil's advocate on it because like, I, I'm just saying, regardless of what happened, send the text, send the text to the group thread, send the text right, to the code. Right. That's all, that's all I'm saying about it. Like The other part of it though, a- again, like I just wonder if we're so far gone as like a college football in general, as a sport, if we're like, this is just what happens. Like it's almost expected at this point. So it's okay to keep pushing it fucking further. Like, like Shane yeah. Beamer was talking about a kid today. And I don't, it was some recruit that committed on Saturday. And, and on Saturday, like night, like after he recruited, he got it. He got like a notification from one of his like friends, peers, whatever from Maryland. And the guy from Maryland was like, Hey, just so you know, like, this is all part of the plan. He's coming to Maryland. So I like still go, still go fill that spot. Like he was like looking out for Shane Beamer and Beamer even upset. He's like, so that was, he's like, we kind of knew it was coming. It was kind of weird to take that phone call. But when you're on the phone with a kid and his mom at 10 30 last night, And they're telling you how thankful they are and how much it feels like home. And and they're so excited for the future. He's like, it's a little, you know, it's a little weird seeing that all unfold. This is the kind of shit that happens all the time. Like, like at some point and Kirby's really good at it too. At some point the theatrics became such a part of signing day that it was like, all right, not only do we want to have the best class, we want to have the biggest splash and news story of the day. So let's, let's fucking own all of signing day. Yep
0: and that's a that's a great point and i mean it's um obviously well played by dion like we'll see what happens with this story i'm very yeah. interested to see how this story unfolds it could go a million different ways it could go very poorly it could go uh-huh. very well and it could go just uh yeah like he was a very good player in the fcs then he just went pro he could transfer after a year and get paid mm-hmm. again by somebody else um I don't know where well, it's headed, man, but it's it's really just um, a, one of those stories that you'll never ever forget. It could have changed college football recruiting forever.
1: Oh no, it did, and that's yeah. that's what I want to talk about next is the fact that like, you know, I, I honestly I thought it was such a cool moment to see, like, I mean, HPCUs have been so traditionally uh, dismissed. I feel like, especially with like football. Um, and I know where a lot of it, like, it's like, you know, talk about the eighties when you have Walter Payton and Jerry Rice, those are two of the greatest to ever do it at their position in the NFL. They both came from HBCUs, but, but that was at a different era. It was a different time. And and it wasn't just like they were diamonds in the rough. Like they were talented guys. And there used to be a lot of talented guys that went to HBCUs, but when integration happened in in college football in like the fifties and sixties, that stopped happening as much. And so you saw this like kind of decline with HBCU football and, and the talent level, and it's still like it's like we celebrate it, but we only do it when it's convenient for us. Like we do it like once a year at like a bowl game that'll be on when no other bowl games are on, or we talk about like the Thanksgiving classic with like Grambling. I think it's Grambling and, and Southern, and and like and then we only talk about the halftime shows and all this kind of stuff. And, and the sport of football itself really gets forgotten about. I feel like with these programs that have a lot of pride and tradition. Um, so as like the woke liberal, like on the, on the podcast. I thought it was a really cool moment, and I thought it was a historic moment for him to do this at a school like Jackson State. And and I think that aside, though, let's get into like the details of how big of a deal this is. And I, I will say this. The one thing about his decision that I, I wonder about, and this is where you see like moving forward, how many factors are going to play into all this. We'll talk about the NIL stuff, all that kind of shit. The best the best point I saw made today about any of it, Graham Coffee, our buddy um, from on Twitter, he's dog out West. Uh, We've had on the pod before he, he made the point and he's like that. God forbid something happened to this kid. Like he gets injured. Right. Do you, if you get injured, do you want the medical staff and, and, and that, that group from Jackson state taking care of you? Or do you want the staff of Florida state with those resources Mm -hmm. and and all that kind of stuff taking care of you? And I think that's like a really good question. And no one wants to think about like getting hurt, going into something. Right. But like, like, it, it today college football changed dramatically forever today
0: yeah and i i you know i i tweeted out that i i you know this is just i can't remember exactly what i said but it was uh, it was very i'm i'm concerned about where college football's been headed and i have been with just all the the whether it's the salaries these coaches make right or the portal and just being able to go anywhere whenever you want and and look it's not that i don't want the kids to have choice it it's just a selfish thing like i just miss the the days of college when it wasn't like this
1: where it's just right it's a nostalgia thing whoever
0: has the most money wins and it's just um it kind of takes away from like the what what was not the nfl about college football right uh, well um uh-huh go ahead so, I mean, I, so selfishly, I just, I'm going to miss what college football used to be. Um, we're in a new era now and, and we'll see where the next 10 to 15 years goes in the college football. But it's, I think today was the start of a, just a brand new, even shinier version of college football.
1: Well, yeah. And so let me poke holes in, in like your fear of this, because I, I think that like, it's a really good point. And people are, you know, p- people don't like change. Okay like just in general, right? People, people fear change. People do not like change. Like the first thing you said, like how it's like, like, I think there's a big misnomer and, 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 and like assumption that people are, did I use misnomer right? I don't even know if I use that word correctly. That's Whatever. Yeah. All right, good. Name Nailed it. Um, Dan, take that out. Make sure everyone knows I'm smart and I'm not second guessing myself. Um, so, so you have like, this assumption that the rich are going to get richer, right? This is only going to help the good programs. And I, and I'm, I have a take that we'll get into much a lot later in the episode with Mike, um, where I think Texas is going to benefit like hugely from, from what do you call it? Uh, From NIL stuff. But at the same time we saw today Vanderbilt signed their best class since 2013. Mizzou was ranked 10th nationally um, with their their signing class on ESPN, they were uh, uh, they were twelfth on uh, two four seven. Kentucky was eleventh. So, I mean, Kentucky and Mizzou almost signed top ten classes and still have time to do so. I just saw a five star kid. I think he's from Kentucky, but I saw a five star kid commit to Kentucky over Michigan State, and those were his final two for offensive tackle. Like there was like I, the number one receiver in the country from East St Louis went to Mizzou, and that that doesn't seem that like if that doesn't seem that crazy, because I know Doral Green Beckham is kind of like the perfect example of he also did the same thing. He was from the area and maybe you chalk it up to that, but I just think that the NIL stuff, I don't think it's going to ruin football at all. I think, I think you made a good point about the nostalgia thing. Yeah, It's because it's different. (laughs) Um, They have to figure out like the scheduling because it's so fucking much of like that. Mike will bring up a really good point about it later, but it, it's so much to keep up with. And, you know, you talk about like the portal and all. You know, there's over 400 FPS players that have entered the portal since December 1st.
0: Right. And how many of them will get a spot?
1: Right. Somewhere. I mean, and maybe so I, there are 80? definite, I, I, yeah. Like, maybe I think there are definite problems with where college Football is headed and, and the things that have happened. But the portal is is one of them. I will say this. And I said this earlier today, don't get mad at these kids for, for taking money and and like doing this freely. Now don't get mad at these coaches for promising them money or getting their own money. If you're mad at anyone, it's the fucking NCAA because they have, they spent fucking decades building a billion dollar industry and a billion dollar business on the backs of these fucking 18 year old kids who were going out every single day and playing the most violent sport in the world, risking injury every fucking day where, where you literally, and you, how many times have you seen it? Where, especially in the nineties, right? Where a kid gets injured in practice, injured in a game, injured in a bowl game, whatever. And his career is fucking done. Like, like, and, and, and what does he have to show for it? Oh, I got a college degree. Cool. Who fucking cares? Like the, uh, the value of a degree in it, like the college degree like a bachelor's degree from any university the value of that has gone down every single day for like the past 20 years it doesn't fucking matter you you gotta get an mba you gotta go like you gotta do all these other things to like separate yourself and like you know i feel like the workforce now the value of a college scholarship or a college degree and education has gone down year over year do not get mad at these kids for taking money because they had they had years to prepare for this for the NCAA and what they ended up doing was shutting down emotionally and figuring out like, you know what? Fuck it. We're not going to do it anymore. You guys can run it yourselves. We're just going to go over here and wait till March Madness and then make our almost $930 million in three weeks, which is a real number, and collect that. Because we don't know how to fucking... We, like, we have botched this thing so badly as an organization, a volunteer organization, by the way. We've botched this thing so fucking badly with our own greed about not wanting to pay these kids and this fucking falsehood of, of morality. It, it is like, it, that's why we're here. The, I don't know the answer, but that's why we're here is because of what they've done.
0: Yeah. And I think uh, that's a great point. And I, I think that if the power five or whoever it wants to be, could just literally push them out of the way. Yeah. Create a commissioner for the power five and create like it's honestly it's crazy it's like the nfl but it's there's no salary cap
1: right so that's yeah that's so it's like it's like that's the
0: thing that's that's the scary part is like where's this going it's it's do you think that it's going to change that the texas you know alabama georgia texas a and m like do you think they're just going to stop getting the best players and getting more more support staff and best coaches and the best
1: coordinators i think it'll get worse i think exactly the market still isn't set on it. That's the thing. Right. Like, you're the financial guy. Like that. That yeah. is like the. I. I said it later and and again. Like like you look at you look at the numbers now, right? Okay. What what programs put the most money into into football? Here are the top five classes: a And M at number one, Bama at two, Georgia at three, Ohio State at four, Texas at five. <laughs> right. You have a total of thirty-five five stars in the composite twenty-four-seven sports. Right. The the teams I just listed off. The teams I just listed off have 18 of them. They have over half right. of just with those five teams. And, and, and you look at it and it's well, Ohio State has two, which is half the total in the Big Ten, and Texas has one. So 15 of the 35 are, are spread between three schools that have put the most money into recruiting constantly. And, and, and you brought this point up earlier because I was talking about Texas. You said, look at A&M. How is NIL going to impact this? Like, no wonder Jimbo's staying. Like no wonder right. Jimbo turned down supposedly, fifteen LSU's, million a year yeah. at LSU because, like, I don't think it's gonna stop. But but like you talk about the market part of it because it's like that. <laughs> Mel Tucker when he got ninety five million it was like holy shit. Like you the whole the whole market was reset then for coaches, right? And so that's gonna increase. But like yeah, where does it stop for for like the paying of these players because. You know where I get worried is, is that you have boosters who have always been entitled and rich people. I feel like are always entitled a little bit because they've made so much money and they've kind of lived that kind of lifestyle. And I'm not saying it's a bad thing, but just kind of, I think how that mentality goes a lot of times, um, boosters have long been known for like just how prideful and boastful they are about what they're able to pay for, get back from the university. And you saw like old school recruiting, like I, I got that kid, like mm-hmm. i I'm the one that got that kid. That's why he's here. And so if these kids don't pan out, and it's it fluctuates so much now where it's like he's a five-star recruit. Then he's just a freshman. Then he's yep. a starter. And and then he's maybe and then maybe he's an NFL prospect. <laughs> like at some point, someone's gonna get mad because someone's not gonna pan out.
0: It, well, yeah. And, and I mean it's just it's just uh it's crazy, and I mean, again, I'm not. I don't want to portray that I'm against players getting paid. Right. It's just, um, I don't know, man. It's just crazy. It's just. It's a crazy time. It's a crazy day. Well, but where do you
1: see it going, though, for real?
0: I think at some point you're going. I I I hope, maybe hope against hope, um, that one day there is a like a commissioner over just. Whether it's the power five or whatever it turns into that makes it an even playing field for teams across the board as far as like what you can spend, how many coaches you can have in your support staff, those kind of things, because otherwise I just don't see how this would ever change. You I mean some of these some of these teams like an a and and a Bama and a Georgia, they could have guys making 80 90 100 grand that their sole job is just watch the portal constantly and as soon as people go in the portal analyze their film like someone like you know uh, i don't know uh, let me just go down the list here indiana or south carolina um what list are you looking at i'm just going down the (laughs) recruit list here okay um like they don't have that so and that's just one example. There's probably a million more resources that those top teams that you see at the top have than the rest of the 90% of college football. And, you know, you could, it it sounds like sour grapes because Florida State's clearly not in that company, but I just don't, I don't know. I I think you're going to have to even the playing field a little bit and maybe it evens out recruiting a bit too.
1: Yeah. And by the way, I was wrong real quick about, uh, About those numbers I threw out there, the SEC had 17 of the 35, so almost half. Um, And and those top five did have have 18 of them. It it like, I don't know, man. It's crazy. But I'm I'm looking at it, and it's like I I wonder if because like looking at it right now, like y'all still got a five star safety, right? Florida State.
0: Yeah, Travis Hunter. Penn State.
1: Okay, Penn State. (laughs) (laughs) Penn State got um, he's his best friend. He lives in Lakeland. Are they, pen pals that was a they, they were like they were like the yeah, they were like the bros in the class. okay, fair enough. Um, but I'm looking at this man it's like you know Kentucky got a five star and and I I'm a thousand percent just using this argument to my advantage right now because it works for today. but it's just kind of cool. We talk about how much we fear all that working out. I mean, North Carolina got two five-stars. Jackson State obviously has the number one player in the country. Mizzou with the third best player in the country. I mean, Mizzou and Kentucky both getting a five-star in fucking football is kind of a crazy story in and of itself. Yeah. Uh, the, the NIL stuff, like, well, let's talk about like a little bit what the what this means from a coaching standpoint, because I told you this is going to be a long pod. There's so much fucking stuff to talk about. And and there's three quotes that I really I thought jumped out to me. And that was Dabo Swinney. <laughs> and there was Lane Kiffin. And um Jimbo Fisher. Sounds like one of the worst fucking golf trips or Vegas trips possible, those those three guys. So what um, was Dabo's quote? So Dabo will start there. Um actually, no, we're gonna we're gonna save him for last. But so Kiffin brought the fact he's like he he just these were sour grapes from him for sure, where he's talking about, you know, like he's giving this press conference like, man, I tell you what, I hope I hope these kids get the money they were promised, because they were promised a lot of money. Um that was one. Jimbo had the quote and he said, there's been NIL deals going on, uh, yeah. you know, for a while now. <laughs> they just weren't, they just weren't yeah. legal and nobody told nobody. Yeah. And I love when Jimbo gets Southern and uses a double negative. That's like my oh, favorite yeah. thing.
0: He said, I think he said, uh, nobody said nothing about nothing.
1: Right. Yes. <laughs> it's like, huh? Um, yeah. and then, so then Dabo had the quote where he, he's the one that got kind of dragged for this. And, and, and honestly, This has so many layers to it, too, because he wasn't wrong. He wasn't wrong, but he's just everyone fucking hates Dabo, including me. It says chaos right now, tampering galore, adults manipulating young men. Education is like the last thing now. Now, Dabo Swinney is a walk-on prospect that played at Alabama from like a small fucking town in in the state of Alabama. Right. I kind of believe that Dabo is this fucking dumb and ignorant to where the stuff, he, because he's the one I had to quote about, the day they start paying these players, I, I'm leaving. <laughs> but if a, guy is, if a guy is fucking corny enough to be like, tonight was BYOG, man. It was bring your own guts. Like, I think he is, I mean, he's, he's fucking college football Joel Osteen. That, that's who Dabo Sweeney really is. You know what I mean? He's, <laughs> yeah. he's selling this whole false story of who he is as a person, in my opinion, and also what he's building as his own program and or church, right? And I think church is where... Clemson actually yeah. gets most of these players that they pay. Right. Yeah. Um, but I mean, Dabo being upset about that. It, it, again, what he said wasn't wrong. It's so much going on. And like, it, it, like the portal recruiting, all of this kind of shit. I, I just, I, I mean, I don't know. I, I, I feel like for coaches, there's some that are going to love and to be able to take advantage of this. And there's some mm-hmm. that are getting left behind. The The portal part though is is why is is Clemson the only fucking school in the country that can't figure it out? Like everyone else is is somewhat figured it out.
0: Yeah, I don't know what's going on there, man. And it was weird, you know. They all they did when they when literally all their both their coordinators left is they just promoted from within, which I thought was interesting.
1: I knew they were gonna do know. that, and you knew yeah. it was gonna be white people names too. Brent, Brent, and like Jade, Jason, or something. I mean, it was like, it's just I yeah. thought it was funny. And I was
0: texting with my Clemson buddy earlier today. And we were kind of commiserating, and um, and he was basically like, I, "Dabo's ego, like he just hires a bunch of yes men now because he thinks he's the smartest he guy in the room. Yeah, he think he thinks he's the smartest guy in the room. His ego is kind of that's so. what sociopaths do. <laughs> yeah,
1: for real. I mean, I'm not saying he is one, but I mean, like, yeah. that's Matthew. a that's an interesting take. I didn't think about that. How much longer do you think he's at Clemson? Or like, do you, do you I mean because this is a." Or how much longer is Clemson like this relevant? Because like, he's getting left behind, it's like a Kirk Cameron novel.
0: <laughs> um, yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's uh, it's interesting, no doubt about it. Oh, thank God, we just landed a no tackle.
1: Yeah, I can tell you're not paying attention. That was really a really good Kirk Cameron joke, though. <laughs>
0: Sorry, man. It's kind a yeah. Oh my God, we got we got one.
1: Thank God. <laughs> it's just. If you got joy in your heart, let it out, Tyler. It's been a long day for you, man. It's been a long day. Um, you you know what you remind me of right now is the scene from The Office when when uh Kevin, it's like when they had the parking issue. I mean, you watch The Office. It's like the like the parking they had to park like down the street because like the the construction workers were taking up their spots, and so Kevin and Andy had to like walk like such a long way. They were sweaty, and Kevin had like all these like fucking issues with his feet or some shit, and then at the very end, they get their parking spots back, and he's like, it's been a tough year. <laughs> it just feels good to win one.
0: Yeah. Yep. Um, all right, well, you want to go over to the SEC real quick before we, we move on?
1: Yeah, um, so we'll go over the class. Um, this is according to 24-7 sports. I, I'm, I'm just going to, if you're listening to this, and a single fucking one of you messages me or Tyler but mainly me and says anything about misquoting numbers or the fact that I should have looked at rivals or on three or ESPN or what the fuck ever (laughs) I will block you so fast because this is an ever-changing thing but also listen 24-7 sports has the composite rankings I think that's the one that most people go to I I don't want to hear about if your team was ranked higher on a different site I don't fucking care so here you go. Here are your SEC. Um, what do you call it? Team rankings. And it was a very good day in the SEC. Uh, they finished with 12 teams of the top 14 in the uh, that were in the top. Tw- I'm sorry. They finished 12 with 12 teams in the top 24 classes in America, um, which is outstanding. I, I feel like it's even more than usual. And then 13 and 14 were Vandy in Florida. And Florida even signed a five-star. Vandy is signing their second-best class in program history, so the whole fucking conference was eaten today. It was fantastic. Um, here are your rankings. I'm going to go from bottom to top because there are some surprises here, all right? Okay. Florida, um, I didn't do this correctly, damn it. I didn't go through the, uh, the national rankings. Um, damn, why don't they put their national rank next to where they finished in the SEC? Well, here, uh, there's an SEC tab there. I, that's what I'm on. So now it's not national. Oh, well, I thought you were just going over. Well, but the then I can't figure out where. Okay. You know what? Here it is. Florida. This is. Radio. is, <laughs> this is good radio. All right. So Florida finished 14th. In the, or, not finished, but you know, as of today, they had the 50th ranked class in the country. One behind our least favorite fucking school in the country, Oregon state. Um, shout out the Beeves though. Had a good day. Apparently. Uh, then you go up a little bit. 37 Vandy finished at 37. That's 13th in the SEC. Now let's get in the top twenty-five. Ole Miss at twelve in the SEC and twenty-fourth in the country. South Carolina, Mississippi State, that is eleven and ten, and also twenty-third t- this is not I'm not breaking this down well, am I? No. How what's you do it? What's the better way to do it? I'm not I'm not good at organizing because I have ADD. You say just things. Talk,
0: <laughs> so Florida's 14th in the SEC out of 14 teams. But mm-hmm. I will say they did have a nice little close today. The they got a five-star safety out of IMG that everyone thought was going to Georgia. It was like a lock for Georgia. Yeah, and then, and then they Georgia got
1: man made fun of when he went to Florida.
0: Yeah, I'm sure. And then they got Shamar James, who was a highly ranked linebacker out of um, Alabama, who Shemar had decommitted. James. He had decommitted when Napier got the job, and they got him back in the class. So um, we're, we we interview. We got an interview here uh, after this segment, and um, he makes mention of that. But um, I thought that was good for them. It's a good, probably a good sign for Napier going forward. Yeah. But they were under Vanderbilt, or they are right now.
1: They were ahead of Campbell. We'll talk about it later. At Campbell was at 85. I didn't know that was a fu- that's a fucking soup. Dude. I was kind of shocked. Are you all behind how- a, a soup? I was kind of
0: shocked that um, Ole Miss came in at 12. I thought they'd be higher.
1: I, so I thought that was a good point too because I thought that like Kiffin is so charismatic on the TV and you thought know, like I thought recruits would kind of flock to him, but he, he kind of had a bad closing and in the last couple of days, it's been a bad yeah. look for him too. Cause he got trolled by a Rutgers recruit. Apparently they're in the top 25, which is a sign of the times, I guess. Um, but yeah, kind of an odd finish for them. Go just, okay. Texas A&M had the best class in the country there. They are obviously first in the sec 4 five star players. Bama comes in at two, Georgia three, Kentucky four, Mizzou, Tennessee, Auburn, uh, LSU at eight, Arkansas nine. I mean, you're talking about teams that like, you know, Ole Miss finished 12th in the sec, which seems bad. It's 24th yeah. in the country. I mean, that, that's, that's kind of crazy. You had so much talent kind of spread, like, you know, around like this wealth of, uh, of players teams. I thought that, that closed or had the best days, right. Um, in the sec, at least, uh, Kentucky, Mizzou, and Vandy, like I said, obviously signing. I mean, the, Kentucky and Mizzou finished like 12th and 13th, respectively, almost every single year. The, 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 Kentucky finished 13th in the SEC in recruiting in six of the last eight years. And they are 11th nationally. That is fucking awesome. I mean, that's huge. Thought they had a big win today. Mizzou, obviously, um, Eli led has eating a bunch of cinnamon rolls, so he had a good day. Auburn, Brian Harson and his recruiting finger. Yeah, uh, they 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 did some work today. They got up, they flipped a Bama commit. They went I from like twenty seventh or thirty second to to thirteenth at it for a moment. That was yeah. impressive.
0: No, I was surprised. I, I didn't hear much about Auburn coming into National Signing Day. So that was a nice little bit. and and there's been you know. Mild rumors that Harson may not make it more past two years, just not a great fit, right? But hey, that's uh, obviously, he sold the dream that he will be, so that's a great close for them. Um, and really, I mean, the, the class isn't over, although most kids sign in the early signing period, there are still kids out there, so these, these rankings could fluctuate,
1: yeah, that's fair, yeah. I mean, and they will too. Um, and I haven't looked at the numbers yet, but it's crazy how early signing days has, has like changed like recruiting in general because I used to love. That first Wednesday in February, man. Mm-hmm. National Sign Day was the best. Um, do you have any favorite uh, names that you saw today? Because, Well, the coldest, obviously. Well, yeah, he defended from LSU. Um, it, Bama got a kid named Walter Bob, which just sounds like some lady in the Midwest didn't know what to name her baby after it was popped out. It's like, I don't know, Walter, Bob. I one of the two. And then... And then they signed someone named Curtis, um, and I just was laughing at this because because I had a I had a cousin named Curtis who had a lisp, <laughs> if he couldn't say his own name. He'd be Curtis, like, and this kid's name is spelled K H U R T I S S, and that's like ex- so like phonetically, that's exactly how my cousin with the lisp would say it. Like my name, Curtis. I thought I thought
0: A and M. Obviously, they have the number one class, but that they, they what they did along the d-line stupid oh, man like stupid they got walter nolan who is widely thought of to be outside of uh, travis hunter yeah um just the most dominant kid in the country out of tennessee um then they flipped a kid from oklahoma late and gabriel Brownlow low dindy anthony lucas they got today they got a five-star qb yeah, like they got a they got a really highly ranked edge player like that. I thought five-star. was just a running. New, uh, very, no, high I'm sorry. He's very high sorry.
1: star. Very high four star number thirty seven yeah. nationally. So yeah, two off from the five stars. Yeah. I mean, signing two two five star D tackles or D, or D linemen, especially when Elko just left. That's yeah. huge. I mean, that's fucking huge. And then you get a five star quarterback as well. You know, we talk about this since later, and I know you hate him, but people just love to shit on a And M. Um, and, and I've just, unless it's going to be about their weird ass cult traditions, like the jizz jar, we're not going to talk about. Um, <laughs> it, like There's not really a reason to hate on them, maybe, because I mean, people like, like I saw somebody post in the Facebook group today. They're like, why would anyone go to Jimbo? And it's like, well, he won a national championship and he beat Bama this year. And dude, they were eight and four this year. They were eight and four with a backup quarterback. Yeah. In the well, SEC, that's not bad.
0: He'll. I mean, look—the guy I was recruiting at a level where he's going to get to the playoff at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, How I about Georgia had a good day? day. Of course, um, yeah. That another just real kick, kick to the gonads for me there. Marvin Jones Jr., Marvin Jones Senior. His dad is one of the best players to ever played Florida State, and uh, he's a linebacker in the '90s. And his son um, committed to Georgia today, so good, good for him.
1: I tell you what, um, Georgia, <laughs> Georgia's class is pretty incredible because they have the most five stars as always, right? Yeah. Like they have five five stars, which is fucking crazy. Um, they they go down and get somebody from IMG again. Um, I mean, do they, so they got a they got a five star edge player. They got a like they got. I'm pretty sure they got two. Well, one of them. Okay, like I think one of these other guys is actually like an edge rusher, but they have a five-star edge rusher and they also have a five-star D lineman that can play, but I think we'll probably play in the edge, I guess, um, at the next level. Uh, They are, they're so loaded. And then what they were already able to do today, like they, they shored up like the secondary, they might've signed the best secondary class in the history of college football in terms of rankings. It's like they got fucking everybody besides that kid, Kamari Wilson.
0: Yep. Yeah, I know that was, that was, that was weird. I don't know what happened there. Um, Shout! Out, I think for Kentucky, they got a five-star tackle. I know he did. He's listed as a hard commit, not a signee on here. But I thought that I saw that he ended up signing at the end of today.
1: I'm pretty sure he did. It might just not be updated yet. Um, okay, and that's a huge then, get.
0: He's like huge. Been, like a top. I mean, he's a five-star offensive tackle. Like that's a and he
1: wasn't from Kentucky, right? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, that's a like, great
0: get. And Michigan State, you know they they were closing hard on him at the. He actually said that he was going to delay. Yeah, and then uh, and then they ended up reeling him in. So that's that's
1: fantastic. Um, bigger problem for the rest of the SEC. Georgia got another three-star white receiver, so Cole Spear um, from Calhoun, Georgia. That kid is going to be the next um, Lad McConkey and just fucking torture defensive coordinators. Apparently, so
0: yeah, that guy Cole <laughs> Spear definitely is going to break somebody's heart. Yeah. at some point
1: they also got Bobo's kid, Drew Bobo. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I saw that um, from Auburn, yeah, Alabama. That's right. That's right. No, I, I thought, and there's, I'm sure there's teams we're not going to touch on. Arkansas, man. Like they talked about this this morning with Sam Pittman. Sam Pittman made the point that, um, like, how crazy it is. There, there was, there was him and Chiswick were telling these stories about about like these like cool scenarios where it's like because he like on these recruiting trips you're going into these people's homes, right? And and like the like Roman Harper brings up the point. He's like. He's like, yeah, you know, like that was like my mom's biggest part. She was like, you know, we kind of keep the house clean. We got, I got to cook dinner for them, so they're all excited to cook dinner for these these coaches. Which is kind of a weird concept because they're basically being waited on hand and foot and getting like a red carpet treatment when they are on campus for these recruiting visits, and then you know when they go there, and then the in home visits, it's like the parents are trying to impress the like the the coaching staff with like whatever food they're making. And him and Chiswick were telling the story about like how like. You don't want to turn down food and, and like who had the best food on the road and Chizik, Chizik specifically told this story where he, he was at someone's house and they had this whole thing catered. It was like wings and charcuterie and all stuff. And you don't want to be like impolite. So they're, they're eating it. And then they have to go to the next person's house, which was like, I think like next town over. And he had, and he knew they were having dinner there and they were going to be cooking barbecue. And Chizik telling the story where he's like, it was the best barbecue I've ever eaten in my entire life. But I had to sit up in my bed because I couldn't digest the food. I, I just, I was so bloated and i had eaten so much food. I had to sit up just to, just to feel comfortable. And it was like, it was just, some, I don't know. It was just a funny story. Dude,
0: crazy day. I mean, yeah. I think I was most shocked uh, on the negative side by Ole Miss being low. I, I, I don't know. I guess I never really paid attention to how good or bad of a recruiter Kiffin is, but I thought he was a better recruiter than that. Cool. Um, and then to me, even though it's obvious because um, they're the number one class in the country, I just thought A and M's class was just so ridiculous. Like, it's it's gonna take. I feel feel like Jimbo to the next yeah. level, where he's not losing you know three or four games a year, and he'll he'll contend. Man, you um, know,
1: I'll tell you this too, and I just I just realized this. Um, and maybe we'll just close with this and, and talk about it before we get to our interview with Michael Bratton, but. Um, There's like, like 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 today was crazy because it was signing day, right? And and signing day was going to dominate like the conversation, and obviously this podcast. We're a day removed from South Carolina having being the biggest story in all of of sports, like or college football. Um, We're also dangerously close to being a South Carolina podcast. I'm just going to tell you guys that. All right, just throwing that out there right now. Um, Spencer Rattler might change that though. That is true, but so Spencer Rattler. Going there, and we talked about it on Sunday. It was like, you know, do you think he would go to a place like like South Carolina? Would South Carolina take him? Like, that obviously became true. They get the the tight end as well. I think Spencer Rattler is a massive, massive get um, for what do you call it? Uh, For South Carolina. Shane Beamer, what he was able to do, man. like, (laughs) Like, they got four commits in one day. And what's interesting about this is, is you talk about like how to win in recruiting. Like it starts with winning your home state. That, that's just like, that's what keeps boosters happy. That's your in-state, you know, a lot of times your rival's in, in-state. And so winning in-state recruiting is usually a big deal. It, Clemson hasn't been a team that's really had to like raid that state in general. There's not always a, that much talent. I think like last year, the year before, there's only four players that were a four-star better than the state of South Carolina. And South Carolina got all of them actually. Um, and it, like, you look at what is happening at Clemson and not to be dramatic, but you, you lose two offensive user, two coordinators. Your defensive coordinator has been there since like fucking 1978. Your five-star quarterback finished the season with 10 total touchdowns. Dabo's bitching about the, where college football is going and just getting left behind. And he doesn't even realize how dumb he sounds because he believes in himself or whatever. And like, whatever he says so much, and meanwhile, Shane Beamer across the state is fucking dominating at his job right now. He like he's killing it.
0: Smell blood in the water with Clemson, maybe uh, faltering a little bit here.
1: I would hope so. I, I just either way though, it's a really cool thing to to watch some of these young coaches that we kind of thought like maybe it was a good hire. It wasn't a good hire. I mean, what Beamer's doing in South Carolina is, is kind of awesome. I don't know if it's sustainable necessarily. It's but it's it's awesome
0: gotta win but if he does i mean it's definitely sustainable
1: so yeah that's fair all
0: right well crazy day um you know like i said uh, around noon today i was uh pretty devastated and then yeah i've had time and look it is what it is man i mean it's uh good for travis hunter for getting broke off i mean hate the way it happened for florida state but um i'm sure many people don't hate that for us so um but all in all, a memorable day, uh, certainly a milestone national signing day. We'll see what comes of this long-term, both with the Hunter saga and just recruiting and, and football in general.
1: Yeah, I, I agree, man. So. so,
0: All right, man. Well, hey,
1: great conversation. That was fun. was fun. I told you recruiting is kind of fun, right? I, I, you know, you paid attention to it. I think just with so much shit going on in my life this year, I didn't really want to pay attention. It was always changing, too. But fuck, man, today was a lot of fun. It was, a, you know, a lot of it at your expense, but um, <laughs> no, it was, it was a good time. It has been for the oh, last five years. So. Real quick, while we're talking about this. <laughs> for, yeah, it's fair too. Just, while, the, you know, since we are, like, we have evolved from our old winning and boozing podcast.
0: Yeah.
1: Real quick, early lock of bowl season. You fucking put all your money on UNC. Because South Carolina, as soon as they announced the Spencer Rattler thing, Jason Brown's gone. What's his name? Is that playing Luke Doty? So, so Zeb Nolan is going to be the starter again for that team, um, which is going to be oh. an awful day for me. And I think, me.
0: uh, I think Sam Howell said he was playing, even though he's yeah. going to the draft. Yeah. <laughs>
1: okay. All right.
0: So, well, you'll you probably
1: go. be wrong. <laughs> all <laughs> right. We'll <laughs> get you guys next time. <laughs> all right. We are now joined by, um, a good friend, a former coworker. Uh, honestly, and I say this without any kind of jest because we, we have a, a fun, like, Friendship, where we give each other a lot of shit, um, but like probably the go-to source if there's something I'm looking for SEC-related that's not on a website for a company that I currently work for, I, I go to this person's Twitter immediately. Um, Michael Bratton, how are you, man?
2: Doing great, Chris. Thanks for having me. And uh, now that you've uh, lost your weight, I'm I'm proud to be the fat guy on the show.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I, it's you know honestly, it's um it's just good to have you back on. We like so we had. We had such a weird, I feel like ending to your time with STS, which we're not going to talk about that much. But I was telling Tyler beforehand, I was like, "Yeah." So Mike works for himself now. And he's like, "Oh yeah." Like when did that happen? I was like, "The day after Ali broke up with me," because he called me and I was like, "We
2: timed it like that. <laughs> it was perfect, perfect it was
1: coordinated. She yeah. and I. That was nice. Man. That was nice of you to do." Um, okay, so obviously, listen, I I, I want to talk a little bit about the season because I want to give you. And and I've like given you too much fucking praise already, to be honest. But um, be I do you want to say one thing: you were right about. And I thought you were crazy at the beginning of the season. You said KJ Jefferson was going to be a top three quarterback in the in the league this year. I don't, you know, I don't know if he's top three. I don't want to get into the debate, but it, that was way higher than anyone else had him. I think preseason. So, um, looking at the class for next year with these returning quarterbacks, like who who would you think besides Bryce Young? Suck it, as a Tennessee fan um what do you think about the returning class and even with spencer rattler coming in uh, to the league as well
2: yeah that's tough to say because we don't even know who's gonna be there because right. the transfer portal you just never know there's so many good quarterbacks and you know will bo nix i know that he's your favorite quarterback in the in the country
1: he's fantastic uh,
2: will he stay in the sec i think there's an outside shot but yeah i mean i think and, and that's just the way it goes man Particularly uh, in the offseason, all I heard about was how the SEC wasn't going to have any good quarterbacks. Right. And then here we got about six or seven that are outstanding, and uh, many are them coming back. So, yeah, Bryce has is, is got to be up there. Uh, but Hendon Hooker is awesome. I think KJ Jefferson, will he take a step back without trailing Burks?
1: That's a good question. May-
2: maybe, but, uh, you know, I, I think he just got better and better as, as the season progressed as a passer. So. And going if Kendall Browse returns, which I anticipate he will, that you know, Sam Pittman even kind of discussed about Arkansas kind of having to step up to to keep some of those coordinators yeah. there for another season. He could have a big year. Uh, will Rogers, you know, I don't like to, to ship, I don't even know if we're allowed to curse on here, so yeah, absolutely. I, oh, yeah, I forgot, I forgot. We're on the college football on censored. Okay, the, <laughs> right. the other one I got censored on. Okay, but yeah. uh. <laughs> yeah, I don't like to shit on these guys, and, I, and I'm certainly not going to do that about Will Rogers. But, you know, I think it was kind of ridiculous going into the Egg Bowl. So many Mississippi State fans were thinking that Will Rogers was a better quarterback than, than Matt Corral I, just yeah. because he's putting up, you know, these ridiculous numbers, which every Mike Leach quarterback does. But, you know, having said all that, I, I think Will Rogers is awesome. I think he's probably the best Mike Leach quarterback he's ever had. So yeah. you, you got to throw him into the conversation. But,. You know, I don't I don't just base that off of uh, numbers. You know, like K.J. Jefferson's never going to have as many passing yards as Will Rogers. Right. But I think K.J. Jefferson's a better all-around player given what he can do on the ground and his leadership and just, you know, there's just games he can take over, which uh, I don't know if Will Rogers can do that. So there's still yeah. going to be five or six quality quarterbacks in the SEC, I think. And like I said, whoever Lane Kiffin gets, we're probably going to throw him right up at the top of the list given his track record of uh, coaching up the quarterbacks.
1: Yeah. I agree with that. You know, all right. So somewhat seamless transition. You talk about lane and this is something I, I wasn't going to jump into off the top, but we're obviously going to talk about a lot of rec- recruiting and it being national signing day. The day we record this. It, so lane, one of the best, I think him and Sark are the best offensive minds in the country. I, I like, honestly, maybe at, at you know, any, and, 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 you know, honestly, <laughs> but you know what? Let's start there. Let's start backtrack for a second because Mike is a Tennessee fan and I love, like he's just said, he's not going to show on Will Rogers, I love to shit on Tennessee. Just to just to like for fun, because um, it's obviously a big rivalry and everything. But we we talked about it all year on the pod. Like you you brought up Hendon Hooker, which is somehow still not being talked about nearly enough. Twenty six touchdowns and three interceptions. That kid was outstanding this year for Tennessee. Tennessee, pretty much. I mean, preseason we thought I Tyler and me both I think thought that it was just the most ridiculous thing in the world that, that Vegas had their their season win total at six with everyone they lost in the portal. So, like, put your bias aside. Is Heupel your coach of the year because of what he was able to do in in Knoxville this year?
2: No, I still gave it to Kirby Smart because of just their their dominance. Now, this was before the (laughs) SEC championship game. But, yeah, just their dominance with, uh, you know, I think everybody overlooked just because of how ridiculously talented Georgia was. They overlooked the fact that uh, so many of their players were banged up, particularly on the offensive side. So, I still think it's Kirby. I would have put Lane Kiffin and. And Sam Pittman above Josh Heupel but Heupel's right there below that for me and you know one thing I knock Heupel for is the fact that uh, he started Joe Milton yeah coming out of, out the gate and you know in no world am I close to knowledgeable based on what's going on behind the scenes or uh, evaluating or coaching a quarterback like uh, Josh Heupel but just go back and watch Joe Milton before he got to Tennessee, go watch Hendon Hooker before they got to Tennessee. And it was clear as day. Uh, Hendon Hooker's a lot better player. So I put that on Hypo for, uh, you know, I I guess he just made promises to Joe Milton and then thought he could, you know, coach all those issues out of him, but he couldn't do it. So I kind of hold that against Hypo. And and at the end of the day, I mean, he beat Vanderbilt, South Carolina, Kentucky, and Missouri. And if we're giving coach of the year to that guy, we, we might as well just do away with the damn award.
1: I'm just kind of fucking be nice about Tennessee. I mean, it's just like we'll never do it again on this episode. Um, no, that's a good point about Milton. Milton, like, he kind of reminded me of, uh, of, uh, like the the first half of Happy Gilmore. Like, he would like he just drive the shit out of the ball. Like Milton can throw the shit out of the ball, but then every other part of his game was just like Jesus Christ. Can you just take some off of it and throw the screen pass, please? Like um, I, Tennessee, like. Again, we try to give you just a, a layup there to say positive things wait, about your wait, wait, we'll Let me say this
2: that. then. Sorry, because I, I meant to say this too, but I, but I was shitting on them so much I forgot to mention. You go back and watch these Tennessee games, though, and, and even the games they lost, like Pitt and Florida and Alabama and Georgia. Uh, Early on, Tennessee jumps on people. They either jump yep. on them or they're in position to do it, and Joe Milton couldn't make those throws. And there's yep. even been games where Hendon Hooker can't make those throws. So I credit that Josh Heupel coming in with a game plan, knowing how to attack a defense, and yep. and, and just you know their their pace and their tempo catching people so off guard. Mm-hmm. I, I think Josh Heupel went into these games saying, all right, we don't have the roster of these teams, but if we can put up 10, 14, 20 points on them in the first half, Maybe we can break them by the second half, yeah. and, and 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 some games they were able to do that. I mean, hell, everybody had Missouri as a rising team in the East. They, they beat the hell out of them. You Dude, know, those South- were like thirty-five in the first quarter against them. South Carolina, they could have scored seventy points on them, and then that that was a toss-up game. So, yeah. uh, I think that was the game plan, and it just didn't work out against Pitt, and and clearly against Alabama and Georgia, the the best teams they faced.
1: I well, yeah, and you talk about the Hypo being like, I mean, like maybe just one of like the first like. I, I don't know, first drive script guys, maybe in the country, just what he was able to do from early on each week. I mean, yeah, it's, I, everything he would, he did, you talk about the pit game. It's a three point loss. He probably could have won that. Um, as much as I hate to say it. And I, I'm sure I didn't say it on Twitter and I won't, uh, but they were, they were, you know, kind of neck and neck with Bama going late in the third, early fourth. So, all right. Yeah. Um, Man, a lot of
0: admitting from you right now, like yeah, going this is on? gonna be an honesty episode. It's the end of the year, so you know what I mean. We're just we're gonna
1: let all of our skeletons out. Allen didn't even break up with me. I you know I've been making that up the whole time to get everyone on my oh, side. Wow. I'm, I'm fucking with you. Um, so, all right, let's talk about uh, let's talk about uh, signing day and hold on real quick. Signing.
0: I just want to get an opinion because we we debated this on the last few okay. podcasts. What's your opinion on what Georgia is going to look like against Michigan, and then if if they make it past that? and assuming they play Bama what do you think is going to happen
2: there I mean I think Georgia should just destroy Michigan and I think they're I think this is the ideal setup for mean, Alabama they basically conceded the running game yeah they're, they're not going to run on the Georgia Bulldogs so we'll throw all over them and of course they took advantage of them and the weaknesses in the secondary Michigan won't be able to do that now are you saying would it be crazy to think that maybe Georgia's psyche is hurting and, and maybe they got exposed mm-hmm. and if Michigan finds a way to to jump out to a lead, I could see hell the way I look at Georgia right now, I don't see them as a you know a, a strong program that, that is gonna come back from a deficit because we've just not seen it. So I think that's the only way Georgia loses that football game if if somehow Michigan comes out or maybe Georgia makes some mistakes, Stetson Bennett throws a pick six early on. Well, what if they put in JT Daniels and and he just can't get it done? Can you really go back to Stetson Bennett? Uh, where's he going to be? So it'll be paramount for Georgia to not screw it up early, but as long as they don't screw it up, they should destroy Michigan, I think. Okay.
0: Interesting. Yeah, I, I do think the psyches of both teams are going to play a part because Michigan's rolling right now too. Yeah. Um, so it should be interesting. And then let's just say Georgia does get passed. What do you think that game to look like if they play Bama?
2: Well, you know, I, I kind of still lean lean towards uh, Georgia, and that's just because I hate Marler and I hate Fuck Alabama, you, Mike. <laughs> I hate I hate all of them, you know. But uh, you know, going into that game, I thought I thought it was going to be close. People thought I was crazy, Alabama, yeah. Georgia. I, I had it as a one point game, and we all know Georgia. You know, they had a, a, a mulligan, so to speak, in their back pocket, whereas point. Alabama, they had to win to get into the college football playoff. I thought it was crazy how everybody thought Georgia was just going to whoop them. So, uh, you know, does the game play out differently now that they've seen each other? Maybe, but uh, still, at the end of the day, Alabama's going to have a huge advantage at the game's most important position, which, uh, you know, is going to favor them. They they probably got the two best players on the field with uh, Will Anderson yeah. and Bryce, so, you know. I'm not saying they're going to get whooped or anything but I think if they play again I th- I think Kirby and company get it done.
1: Well, I'll tell you what the most important position on a field is and that's coach and big dick Nick is going to be out <laughs> there coaching them boys. Probably shouldn't have said that and don't ever tell that I called her dad big dick Nick. Um, okay, so let's just talk about, about signing day, okay? Because yeah. this has been like like I said this I said this yesterday. This this girl texted me about it's a like, big day for you tomorrow and I was like I I fucking am, am so not looking forward to working tomorrow because it's going to be like just all day long. I mean, Mike, you said you got up at 7 a.m. You've been working all day. It's and It mm-hmm. never stops. And it's so much to keep up with now, like with the portal and then also early signing day and then February signing day. It, but today was one of the most fun signing days I think I've ever been around. Tyler's an FSU fan, so he does not handle <laughs> alum. Yeah,
2: um, I thought so. Yeah. But, I'm surprised he hopped
1: on this thing. Come on. Oh, uh, yeah, it's been a rough day. But what, what was your what were your takeaways from today? Like um, just overall, and not even just SEC, uh, you know, and, and maybe even outside of the Hunter thing, which obviously stole the show.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, if I could just make this comment quickly before I jump into that, you know, I think they can fix all this than they need to by getting rid of the early signing period. Mm-hmm. Here's the problem right now, because I, I mean, hell, I love college football; is all I do, but you got coaching carousel, you got transfer portal. You got recruiting. Yeah. We got bowl games. Why in the hell are we throwing this all into yep. a, a week or two period? And I'm not a huge NFL guy. I mean, I enjoy watching it. It's football. I'll watch it. But they have mastered the art of the the full calendar. Yeah. As, soon, as soon as the season ends, we're into to draft mode, to combine mode, and there's a period of free agency. And, you know, I just think college football is really missing the boat where we're making this a four-month sport when we can make this seven, eight months if they just spread this thing out. But that's just really me bitching point, about it. But, yeah, so signing day, A&M, man. How can you not? I mean, I'm the sad. joke, the jokes are being made left and right. Jimbo, how's he go? You know, this is going to be the greatest team ever assembled to go eight and four. But, <laughs> hey, I'm a big believer, man. You just keep chopping out that wood. And what are you going to do? Fire him? And, and you're not going to upgrade over him unless Nick right. Saban or... Uh, I don't know who else you're going to get down there to, to to be better than them, but uh, you know it's pretty wild to see this nil. And I think Texas A&M has really pushed all its chips in because they're yeah. scared to death that Texas is going to do the same thing. Yep. We've already seen that with the quarterback. Apparently, he's—I don't know if it's three million or four million Ewers, however the hell you say his name is—he got to go to Texas. So I mean, hey, this wait, is wait, the, hold on, hold on. He got what? I've—I've—I've I've, I've been. A, I've been told 3 million from one person, 4 million from another. Jesus. The quarterback, shit. the new quarterback for Texas. And that that really he helped out. He a you million up.
1: from Ohio State. So you that's yeah. like $5 million oh, he man. spent in 18 in 4 months work and he didn't he, he never played a snap. Oh, man. exactly. God.
2: So Texas A&M has got to keep up, and that's what you're seeing, and that's why you're seeing over here Lane Kiffin bitching about. Oh my God, they're playing, yeah. they're paying these players. But really, why he's really bitching is because Hugh Freeze and all that NCAA stuff, and now Ole Miss is hesitant to get involved in all that yeah. because we just had to throw one guy out, and now uh, you know we don't want to we don't want to ruin what we got here uh, with Lane Kiffin, uh, who, who's on a roll. But as he said this season, man. They don't care about what you did before. They care about what you what you did the week leading up to it. And yeah. Ole Miss is going to have some issues, man. Without Matt Corral, you know, the vast majority of his roster right now that's doing so well, people like to give Matt Luke a, a hard time, but he assembled the vast majority of that yeah. roster. So that's why it's so important Lane Kiffin uh, hits the nail on the head in this quarterback transfer portal because because he's got to add an elite player. I'm not saying he won't do it. But uh, that's that's got to be something. And how about Auburn, man? AL.com, They were ready to bury Brian Harsin. Oh fucking my god, he... Jacob
1: Goodman or whatever, Joseph Goodman, whatever. It's just like I've never seen someone who's not affiliated with either university or from that state <laughs> hate Auburn more. It's fucking mind blowing to me.
2: <laughs> yeah, and the Tigers, I, I met them. Number two is the biggest winners yeah. in the SEC uh, during the early signing period. They didn't get everybody they wanted, but they basically went from I think they were thirteenth in the SEC to i'm looking at it now they're they're seventh right now but hell that's a big jump they're in, in the country day. though right exactly so that was a, that was huge missouri uh eli Drinkwitz and company keeping their guys in there and they've got a hell of a class they're number four in the sec yeah. right now that's incredible tennessee i mean how can you not like what they did i mean they won a couple battles they didn't yeah. win it the biggest issue with tennessee historic in-state class and they only signed they only signed two well those those idiots like me but they only signed two of the elite prospects in state Mm -hmm. and one of the damn quarterbacks went to alabama one of the linemen went to a and m so uh you know that that's got to get cleaned up and you know i'll say billy napier i think at florida he didn't they've only got 10 commits right now so everybody's looking at it and saying my god this guy doesn't know what the hell he's doing he's been down there a week and a half he's beat out kirby for two top 100 prospects and I'm not sitting here saying the Gators are, are going to win the SEC next year, but that's a hell of a start. Uh, I, I think if I'm a Florida fan, I'm pretty fired up about what Billy Napier's done in, in just a week and a half here.
1: Yeah, I would say that. Yeah. I, I, honestly, you talk, I mean, like, it's regardless of, I, Napier's going to be fine. Florida's going to be fine. They're not going to finish fucking 79th in the country in recruiting. <laughs> but it's still hilarious that they are 79th in the country recruiting. <laughs> I look at the other like are they top fifty now? Yeah, they're fifty. Fuck that tweet that I had is really not aged uh, very well. It's like like six days or like they had they were six spots ahead of Campbell and I was like, who the fuck is Campbell? And they had their own twenty four seven spot like, site and everything. But no, I mean, I, so I, I think like what? So I want to get your opinion on this. What do you think and, the
0: Campbell message boards are like?
1: <laughs> it's just one guy. It's just it's just one guy throwing out conspiracy theories and then, and then I swear this damn O so like,
0: line coach has got to go. It's, <laughs>
1: um so so like one of the things i thought about today was like with the nil stuff it is it is it is the absolute fucking wild wild west right and and you're like me where you you've been watching sec football forever and you know all the stories and background shit of like you know it's, it's kind of crazy to think about just like how many years ago we would we would throw out all these these like just we'd slander our rivals for for, for cheating like cam newton i said this earlier on twitter i was like uh, Bama fans, me especially, been complaining about that kid getting 180 grand for like a decade now. Right. And then you look at what happened today with NIL. I, I so what teams do you think it really does benefit the most? Because when you, you brought up Texas earlier, I think Texas is going to be a fucking massive problem in the SEC with, with NIL and the talent they'll be able to bring in.
2: Nope. Hell no. I mean, they always <laughs> they always. I mean, they always recruit in the top five. It, do, it doesn't mean shit. Uh, Steve Sarkeesian, I know you love him, and, and I do. Uh, he's your boyfriend and all that, but that guy can't coach, man. Not as a head coach, as an offensive coordinator, he's awesome when he's got eleven NFL players going up against, uh, you know. And I think, hey, I'm gonna you praise Tennessee. I'm gonna shit on Alabama. Last <laughs> what year, the hell? You know, this was a historic <laughs> team. This maybe the best team of all time. Well, last time I checked, about half the league opted out after their first loss. I mean, Georgia's starting quarterback opted out before the season began. So this is last I don't, year. I don't even. Yeah, I don't even buy into them being an all-time team. That, You're so it,
1: fucking dumb. What are you? How hold about, on. I love you, Dak Prescott. How, how many?
2: How many COVID issues did Alabama? I don't even know if they tested for COVID. They didn't have it. To be honest they no with COVID.
1: you. Yeah, I know. I think there was one. They were, they were on top of it the whole time.
2: So hey. That's my rant on Steve Sarkisian. He's overrated as hell. Uh, I think. I think by the time Texas comes into the SEC, Texas is going to have a new head coach. I don't even think it's going to be Sarkisian. Okay. Uh, so yeah, no Texas. They're probably they, if they were in the West right now, they'd be eighth in the West. That's that's yeah. What well, I'm they're concerned. not in
1: the West right now, and they're going to have a five-star quarterback transferring. Yeah, to have a five-star gonna quarterback. Them. They're going to have all these. See, see, my thing with Texas is this: is like. And and I don't disagree with you about any of the stuff you said. Well, I, I definitely disagree with everything you said about Bama last year, but we're not going to get into that. Um, but the stuff with Sarkeesian, I, I do think, and it's probably maybe it's a little bit skewed because of what I was able to watch him do with that much talent. At the mm-hmm. same time, you're talking about like this NIL stuff is obviously going to, I don't want to say uh, like a tribute or, or like. Be a part of recruiting moving forward. I think it's going to control recruiting moving forward. And and it, it used to, like back in the back in like the '80s, right? And some of these like stories we would hear growing up, like like boosters going out and and like at SMU and shit, like being like, I got that guy, I you know like, and it's like this weird sense of pride because they paid for him. You're going to have all of that come back, and, and, and these schools like that have deep, deep fucking pockets, like Texas and Texas A and M, even you saw today. Like, I just I feel like they are going to be so irrational in, in like in competitive because they're not going to do well their first year in the SEC. And it's going to drive them crazy. And they're going to go out and pay for the, the top players in the country, like way more than anyone else. And I think with Sarkeesian being a great offensive mind if you if you fucking hold people under 25 points, I, I think they'll be good.
2: Of course, you can't go up 60 to Kansas, but I mean. Well, I mean, you might be onto something, but you might not because hell, just yeah. look at uh, uh, the Clemson quarterback. He's on Dr Pepper commercials, right? I mean, he he sucks. Yeah, he's uh, the terrible. Oklahoma quarterback got all this money. Now he's at South Carolina. I mean, I think the market's getting set now, and and I know we've made you know a couple examples of these guys getting paid here and there, but it, it, you know that's another thing Kiffin hit on. Hey, they don't have a contract, so uh, who's to say they don't transfer any year? And yeah. and that you know going back to Billy, that's why I love. You know, everybody was was giving him hell for, for the PR hits he was taking for the commitments left and right last week. But, you know, that's an old-school train of thought. You know, it used to be you sign as many guys as you can because you basically could, could control them. And if they wanted to transfer out, they had to sit out a year. Now we, now we do away with that. If you just sign 20 guys just to sign 20 guys, uh, you know, and they don't fit your program, hell, we're seeing it now. Guys go into spring practice and they're like, this doesn't work. For for me, I'm out. I mean, yeah. that would have happened to Billy Napier uh, if they're just, you know, recruiting a kid for two weeks and, and just signing him. He's taking a different approach. He's he's getting the guys that uh, he knows are buying into his program, and then he's going go to attack the transfer portal and get these guys that only have a year to to get things done. And my God, just as I'm sitting here saying this, Eli Ricks transfers to Alabama. Damn it. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I woke up the whole fucking house. Oh, um, okay, so here's, he's getting listen. paid.
2: Clearly, he's getting paid.
1: But so okay, so <laughs> we can talk about this. Like this is just it, insane. It,
0: so you, hey, you want to talk I, what, about like a booster sitting there like bragging about a recruit they paid for? You know who who did that today? Dave Portnoy.
1: Yeah, that, like he
0: was all day on Twitter, like just bar stool guys. You know, like I was just like, damn, that's just straight up. This is where we're at now. This is where we're yeah. at. Dion, Dion works for Barstool. They basically helped, I don't know, pay for Travis Hunter to, to go play at Jackson State.
1: It's just insane. Yeah. Allegedly, of course. No, that that really happened. <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> like... yeah, but at the, I wonder at the end of the day, I mean, what is the value for, for Barstool to do that? I don't understand right. because... Well, they,
0: apparently they're doing like a whole reality show with it. Um, this is all rumors. We'll see if it actually comes true, but it was this whole package sold to him of like... Being like the basically like uh maybe like the savior of the HBCU leagues and all that kind of stuff and like being the guy like the face of it you know like one the gotcha. Walter Payton, I don't know you yeah know, it's, I, it could I'm, but but like but that's that's the thing is like if you're a Barstool Sports or a Penn National publicly traded gambling company, two million dollars is a drop in the bucket for them to just give a kid yeah. and, and take a chance on it you know,
2: I can't wait to see how many people turn off uh, SEC on CBS to go watch uh jackson, uh, jackson state. state you know what
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: i know it's gonna be very interesting to see what happens there
1: yeah i'm also slightly bitter so he's very bitter which is like kind of fair i get it i mean yeah. you, mike i'll say last thing you, you brought up a really good point about the market not being set and that's i think like that's the weirdest part of all of this is because we're watching it in real time right it's like i mean tyler said today i was talking to him earlier um and he was uh very upset and and like right, rightfully so, and he brought up the fact he's like this is a historic day in college football. Like I feel like we're watching the entire sport change in front of our eyes, like in real time. But the market not being set is one of the weirdest parts about all of this because the you were the first person to sign the NIL deal. I thought was was like Derek King. He got twenty grand from Mm -hmm. uh college hunks movers and i remember hearing that deal and i was like what the (laughs) fuck like first off college hunk movers like it's it's such a weird like the fact that that they had 20 grand to throw around at Derek king it was just everything about it was so odd and and i get all you know inflation
0: has gone up a lot lately
1: yeah thanks a lot (laughs) bin laden um no but but i think i think that like it's you're gonna see so much overpaying for athletes i mean like where do you where do you see like this bubble bursting yeah huh.
2: yeah i mean that i don't know that anyone can answer that but you know i think it certainly needs to affect decisions better and i'll give you a perfect example i mean probably don't want to talk about this guy because you you hate him so much but bo nix i you know i think had he stayed at auburn i wish he would have he would have stood to gain a lot more i mean hell how many nil deals did he have Let's say he goes to you know I'm just picking a name out of a hat here Texas Tech. He's not going to get shit out there. They're, they don't they yeah. don't care about him. And and not only nil deals, but I think Bo Nix is probably cost himself future earnings yep. uh, with Auburn faithful. Which hell maybe he did already with his performance on the field. But, but uh, you know I think there's something to be said for for homegrown guys staying with their team and and getting these kinds of deals and. Because, at, you know, at the here's another example. Cade Mays went to Georgia. They don't give a shit about Cade Mays. You know, they cared that they got him. They got to make fun of Tennessee. But then as soon as he got there, he's just one of them. If When he came back to Tennessee, I mean, he's like a legend now in Rocky Top. Yeah. He's one of the biggest NIL guys at Tennessee. And I think that is going to be the future of it, where I know we're worried about A&M and Texas and Alabama and, and Georgia buying these guys. But I think at the end of the day, what we're going to see is, you know, maybe – you know alabama i know has mined the state of kentucky for a couple of five stars over the yeah. year including damian harris so you know he was great at alabama he won big i'm not trying to knock what he accomplished there now he's in the nfl he you know it, it worked out for him but had we been in the nil era maybe kentucky could double alabama's offer because right. to, to alabama he's just another five-star running back that we could get whereas at kentucky he could have been a legend and you know i am kind of hoping it goes that way maybe i'm just being optimistic here but no that's uh, maybe maybe only four or five schools will will end up getting all these guys but uh i think at the end of the day you know these million dollar deals for a quarterback left and right i think that's kind of asinine and and at and it most of the times it's not going to pay off unless it's uh trevor lawrence and right even if you are giving them some you know my only concern and it's. You know, if if they get the money, that's on them, and and they deserve it. I'm not. I would never fight against that. But I wonder if there's ever going to come a time like let's let's throw Arch Manning into the mix. You know, maybe 20 years ago, Arch Manning maximizes his college potential uh, and becomes the best player he could be, so that he can make the most in the NFL. What happens if next year he gets the 10 million dollar deal and it goes to his head, and then he never he, he never develops and he's never becomes an NFL player. I'd right. really hate to see that, but I'm not going to stop the guy from getting that 10 million because, yeah, <laughs> uh, you know, he could get, he could get hit on the field. He could get in a car accident and he could never see anything. So I think mm-hmm. at the end of the day, you got to let them get what they can get, but you just got to hope it doesn't, uh, you know, ruin their development.
1: Yeah. Now uh, you got anything else for Mike, since I forgot to add a Google doc with where we can put questions on it.
0: No, no. I think we told him we'd keep him for twenty minutes. It's been like yeah.
1: forty, I feel like. So
0: is there ever been forty? Shit.
1: No, my bad, no, Mike. No, no, um, no, it hasn't been that long. Last thing real quick, as you as you go off, like we'll keep it quick. Favorite recruiting story ever.
2: Hmm. Today. Favorite recruiting story ever. I don't know, man. You really put me on the spot here. Yep. Can, give me can do you Do you have one? Let me let me hear yours while while I'm thinking of mine.
1: My favorite is like honestly, there's so many good SEC ones. You talk about the Alex Collins mom stealing his letter of intent, um, Landon Collins and, and Jacob Copeland's moms just like publicly fucking like dragging them because they, of their choice. My favorite all the time is when it's before I was alive. It's when Eric Dickerson said he was going to A&M number one player in the country out of Texas and it's between <laughs> Texas, Texas A&M. And he, he gets a gold trans am the day he commits to A&M shows up to school in a gold trans am T top, just fucking boss. And, uh, and it was in his grandma's name and, they on signing day eve he was telling his mom was like i don't know i don't really want to go there or his grandma even he's like i don't really want to go there and like well it's your choice sweetie like you know do whatever you want it's like i want to go to smu so he goes to smu and then they just sat there and and like the boosters from a and m were like well what do we do about this fucking car and he was like it's my car <laughs> <laughs> like, it's in my grandma's name so he just fucking fleeced this entire university for a, a gold trans am i just thought that was fucking hilarious
2: all right i got a good one uh- man it may not be as good now because i can't think of the guy's damn name but i don't tennessee and south carolina a couple of years ago were, were fighting over this four-star lineman and he was leaning towards south carolina there was a there was a guy named lance thompson who's been all over the sec he's been at auburn he's been at uh alabama yeah, and all the and co-eds jeremy yeah exactly and i've heard some of the recruits parents as well but uh <laughs> So, Jeremy Pruitt's got this recruit, right? And he's like, You want to go to South Carolina or Tennessee? Here's my phone. He breaks out his phone. Lance Thompson was begging to join Jeremy Pruitt's staff at Tennessee. And he's like, This guy that's recruiting you is begging to come to Tennessee. Come to Tennessee. And needless to say, Tennessee got him.
1: Wow. It's pretty good. I like that. Pretty good. All right, dude. I know you got a podcast to go record and, and continue to be successful. I'm, I'm proud of you. And, and I know we're not coworkers anymore, but let everyone know about your podcast and where they can find you and all that good stuff and all the great things you've been doing.
2: Yeah, absolutely. It's called uh, That SEC Football Podcast, and we cover all the SEC teams, not just Alabama, like uh, some SEC shows Don't even I know. fucking
1: start with me. <laughs>
2: <laughs> uh, yeah, and uh, we're on YouTube. We're on every uh, podcast platform, and I do it with my cousin, who's just a guy on the couch. He's the funniest damn guy. I've, I've ever met, and uh, he drinks on the show. It's, it's a good time. We and we're uncensored, like uh, Chris said. We don't, we don't have any corporate overlords telling us what to do or anything.
1: Sounds good, man. All right. Well, thank you for joining us, and uh, and we'll see you again soon, man.
2: All right. Take care. Thanks. Thanks.